0: Love Talk Radio.
1: This is our common crowd, Alternative Activist Empowerment on Radio, speaking truth to our and ourselves. Who are you? You don't know. No. Don't tell me, Negro, that's nothing. What were you before the white man mean you a Negro? And where were you? And what did you have? What was yours? What language did you speak then? As you honor our forefathers and foremothers, I urge you to honor our living heroes. When you honor the names of Matt Turner, Harriet Tubman, and Malcolm X, I urge you to honor the names of Geronimo Jijaga, Sundiata Akoli, Mutulu Shakur, and Mumia Abu Jamal.
2: America's chickens are coming home! Violence begets violence, hatred begets hatred, and terrorism begets terrorism.
3: Our common ground, speaking truth to power
0: and ourselves.
3: I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. Thank you for being with us. Stay tuned.
0: Our common ground. brought to the bold, brave, and, and love, speaking truth with all and ourselves.
4: means, then, the economics of greed, the culture of indifference to the poor, and the politics of fear have now come to an end. And the question now is, we're on the tightrope, we're in a transitional moment. What will the age of Obama look like? Can we get beyond the trivializing of poor people's suffering? Can we get beyond the dogma of unregulated markets? Can we get beyond the Washington consensus when it comes to attitudes toward the third world? And with now blackface in the White House and a precious black family as the first family, that transformation of the self-image of the United States will be profound. The question in in the end will be, on the ground, can we empower those sly stone called everyday people? Well, when it comes to black faces in high places, America has undergone extraordinary change. When it comes to the suffering of black poor people, the suffering of black working people, the verdict is not yet in in terms of shifting from symbol to substance but I believe Barack Obama has what it takes we're going to find out whether he has what it takes I think he does but more than likely we're going to find out whether America does because in the end it's going to be citizens organized and mobilized putting pressure on Obama administration there's a sense in which he is only as strong as the people's organizations are strong
5: It's like I woke up a few days ago and realized we are legally
0: enslaved. Mm -hmm.
5: I'm not talking spiritual slavery. I'm not talking cultural slavery. I'm not talking slavery of the mind. I'm not talking slavery of the attitude. I'm not talking slavery of what we won't do. I'm talking about even if you want to do it, you can't. Because the law isn't going to let you. And what struck me is that
1: I was asleep.
0: Mm -hmm.
5: Harriet Tubman, and I am no Harriet Tubman, I'm not even trying, so don't think I'm trying to relate myself to her. Harriet Tubman said she helped thousands out of slavery mm-hmm. through the underground railroad. Mm-hmm. She could have helped thousands more if they only knew they were enslaved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So you have no excuse now mm-hmm for walking out and not understanding that whether you have a felony, whether you are on parole and have some kind of background, or whether you're just working in the system trying to do the best you do, you're working in a system that's enslaving you and your family and children and potentially your grandchildren.
3: Tonight at Our Common Ground, modern-day enslavement of African Americans. Are We Caught in the Trap? A talk with law professor, legal scholar, Brinalia Randall. She teaches at the University of Dayton Law School in Ohio. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. Our
0: Common Ground. Speaking truth to power. Transformable truth to power one broadcast at a time. Broadcasting brave, bold, Thank
3: you for being with us. And indeed, thank you for being with us here tonight at Our Common Ground. We've got a show planned for you tonight that includes a discussion, a talk with Professor Vernelia Randall, the University of Dayton Law School, Ohio. Modern-day enslavement, African Americans in the trap. And the questions that are being posed is that enslavement and exploitation of black people have been a large and most significant part of building up the wealth and power That the rulers of this country have in their hands, wealth and power that these people have used to further exploit and oppress people here and all over the world. And anyone who is honest and serious knows that for a revolutionary change to occur in this country, a revolution to do away with all these all this oppression and exploitation, and to change the American society from bottom to top, that black people must play a big part in this revolution. And in my previous discussions with our guests tonight, one of the things that has occurred to both of us is whether or not we recognize that we are indeed Living in a reality state which is governed by continuing oppression and exploitation. And I know that there are a lot of you out there who wanted to believe with all your heart and wanted to dance on the spirit of your ancestors in the uh, election of the first african american president feeling that somehow it would make a difference and so Dr. Uh, Professor Renelia Randall and I are going to have a discussion and we're going to invite you to join that discussion to talk about whether the election of Barack Obama has placed us in a trap that defies our ability to create revolutionary change and to break the bondage of oppression and exploitation and to really move away from the system that has exploited us. Black people did not come to this country seeking a better life. They were kidnapped from their homes, dragged in chains and loaded onto slave trips, treated not like human beings, but like things, commodities to be traded and used to enrich others. When we think about it, is that not what has happened to, in the modern day, black athletes and entertainers to be traded and to use to enrich others, would it not explain the idea that there are no owners of major basketball, football franchises in this country Tens of millions of enslaved Africans died before even reaching America. And I don't have to repeat it, so terrible were the conditions on the slave ships. Those who survived the trip and were then sold to plantation owners and were treated like pieces of machinery. Slave owners commonly referred to the slaves as talking tools. That is how black people were treated for the first 250 years of their experience in this country. And I think that it is wise of us now to look at our desire for hope and change and to change those words into revolutionary change and upending the system that continues to oppress us and is destroying the very golden fabric that every African-American, every black person in this country has watched going forward. Anyone who's serious and honest. Let me tell you a little about our guest tonight. She is Law Professor Vernelia Ruth Randall, and she was born in Gladwater, Texas. Both parents were associated with the Jarvis Christian College. She was raised by her father in some difficult circumstances, and we'll talk to her about that in a place called Mule Shoe, Texas. Now, when I read that, all I could think was, you've got to have hard times in Mule Shoe. Professor Randall attended the colored schools there and graduated from Carver High School in Amarillo. Every black person in Jim Crow in in times of segregation graduated from either Roosevelt High School or Carver High School, and we'll talk to her about that. She received an AA from Amarillo College. She entered the University of Texas and earned a B.S. degree in the School of Nursing. She obtained a Master's in Nursing from the University of Washington and her J.D. degree from Northwestern School of Law. Lewis and Clark College in Portland, Oregon. She started a career in medicine as a nurse and a family nurse practitioner and served as maternal child health nurse coordinator for the Alaska Department of Health and Social Services in Juneau. She has been a professor of nursing and community health at Oregon Health Services University, Sciences University, and Wright State University. And um, as well as a law professor at Northwestern School of Law, Seattle University School of Law, and the University of Dayton, where she is today. She was an associate with the Portland law firm of Boulevant, Hooser, Bailey, Pendergrass, and Hoffman. From 1987 to 1989, and in 1994, she was hired as associate professor, School of Law at the University of Dayton. Since that time, she has always been the director of the academic excellence program for the University of Dayton, where she plans and implements academic support services for students and trains teaching assistants. She certainly is published widely, She's a recipient of the Chairman's Award from the Ohio Commission on Minority Health and has been honored by commendation from the Ohio State State House of Representatives. She's an accomplished webmaster and has received awards for her website development. We call it content direction and management. Some of her sites include Race Health Care and the Law and Gender and the Law. She is the author of Dying While Black. She is also the mother of two sons, Randall, Um, enjoys computers, movies, sewing, and dancing. And we want to note, if you go to our community center, uh, our forum, you will find the artwork of her son, Isa. And it is my pleasure, my esteemed pleasure, to share my microphone tonight with Professor Vernelia Randall. Professor Randall, thank you so much for joining us. Hello? Hello? Professor Randall? Are you there? Okay, I heard some sound. And... uh then i didn't hear any sound we're going to take a break and try to get her on here and thank you so very much for those of you who are joining us tonight at our common ground i think you're going to find this conversation quite healthy i'm janice graham and we'll be right back
0: Our common ground, our honesty, the bold, great, and the speaking truth to all and then ourselves.
4: that means, then, the economics of greed, the culture of indifference to the poor, and the politics of fear have now come to an end. And the question now is, we're on the tightrope, we're in a transitional moment. What will the age of Obama look like? Can we get beyond the trivializing of poor people's suffering? Can we get beyond the dogma of unregulated markets? Can we get beyond the Washington consensus when it comes to attitudes toward the third world? And with, now, black face in the White House and a precious black family as the first family, that transformation of the self-image of the United States will be profound. The question in, in the end will be, on the ground, can we empower those sliced called everyday people? Well, when it comes to black faces in high places, America has undergone extraordinary change. When it comes to the suffering of black poor people, the suffering of black working people, The verdict is not yet in in terms of shifting from symbol to substance. But I believe Barack Obama has what it takes. We're going to find out whether he has what it takes. I think he does, but more than likely we're going to find out whether America does because in the end it's going to be citizens organized and mobilized putting pressure on an Obama administration. There's a sense in which he is only as strong as the people's organizations are strong.
5: like I woke up a few days ago and realized we are legally
0: enslaved. Mm -hmm.
5: I'm not talking spiritual slavery. I'm not talking cultural slavery. I'm not talking slavery of the mind. I'm not talking slavery of the attitude. I'm not talking slavery of what we won't do. I'm talking about even if you want to do it, you can't. Because the law isn't going to let you.
0: And
5: what struck me is that I was asleep.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: Harriet Tubman, and I am new no Harriet Tubman, I'm not even trying, so don't think I'm trying to relate myself to her.
4: Harriet Tubman
5: said she helped Thousands out of slavery mm-hmm. through the Underground Railroad. Mm-hmm. She could have helped thousands more if they only knew they were enslaved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. so you have no excuse now mm-hmm. for walking out and not understanding that whether you have a felony, whether you are on parole and have some kind of background, or whether you're just working in the system trying to do the best you do, you're working in a system that's enslaving you and your family and children and potentially your grandchildren.
3: Tonight at Our Common Ground, modern-day enslavement of African Americans. Are We Caught in the Trap? A talk with law professor, legal scholar, Renalia Randall. She teaches at the University of Dayton Law School in Ohio. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. Our Common Ground
0: Speaking Truth to Power.
1: Transformable Truth
0: to power, one broadcast at a time. Broadcasting, brave, bold, black. Thank you for being with us. Because our society is only as strong as all its individuals, the United Negro College Fund has helped educate thousands of doctors and researchers. But we need more. Thousands of architects and engineers. But we need more. Thousands of teachers and biologists. But we need more. And when disease, injustice, pollution, poverty, and countless other problems threaten to pull us apart, we had better educate every single person who has the potential to solve our problems. And to educate more people, we need more of your help. Give to the United Negro College Fund. With so much at stake, a mind is a terrible thing to waste.
3: Hey India, it's Janice. Us talk chicks got to stick together. You and your real raw right now, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Monday through Friday. And me and my brave, black and bold... Saturdays 10 p.m. There's no doubt, us talk chicks, we know where the real talk is and we know what to do on their radio. You.
0: It's a cold
1: and crazy world that's raging outside. But baby, me and all my girls are bringing on the fire. Show a little leg.
0: Gotta see me your
1: around Our common ground
0: yeah. speaking truth to up power
3: the table and I'm I'm
1: They to say about your mama in a scandalous way, yeah, he's talking about your mama and your grandma too, and he don't show too much respect to you, now, you weren't yet, and I still am glad, cause what he said about your mama made me mad. Tear that elephant limb from limb Then he shook the jungle with a mighty roar Took off like a shot from a 44 He found the elephant where the tall grass grows And said, I come to punch you in your long nose The elephant looked at the lion in surprise and said Boy, you better go pick on somebody else. But the lion wouldn't listen He made a pass, the elephant said him down in the grass. The lion roared and sprung from the ground, and that's when that elephant really went to town. I mean he whipped that line for the rest of the day, and I still don't see how the lion got away. But he dragged
0: on
3: all- And thank you for being with us. We're trying to locate our guest. Uh there has been some confusion here tonight. But we welcome you to our common ground and hope that you will Stay with us tonight. We're going to be having a discussion about modern day slavery, conventional wisdom, modern day enslavement, which is really not just the issue of the prison industrial complex. It is the way in which the law advances oppression and exploitation. Of black people, and my question tonight is whether or not, in the era of Obama, in the election of the African, the first African American president, who is without a doubt a very smart man, without a doubt a crafty uh, politician in his own zone. But some today claim that America is a post-racial society. They say the barriers of black advancement have been largely overcome. Many go so far as to put the main blame for the severe problems faced by black people today on black people themselves. Others claim that better education, our more traditional families, or religion, or elections will solve the things that disturb us. So the question must be sharply posed, what really is the problem, what is the source of the problem, and what are the solutions? Tonight in our discussion with uh, Professor Vernalia Randall, we want to explore how the oppression of black people, how the persistent continuity, of the symptoms of oppression and exploitation have been at the very heart of the fabric and functioning of this country since its beginning and even up up until the present time in what I call the era of Obama and what has actually caused the kind of suffering that black people face. Now, Conventional wisdom says that while some disparities remain, things have generally advanced for black people in America, and today they are advancing still. People like uh, President Barack Obama being elected to the highest office in the land, and Oprah and pa- pa- Perry Taylor, Tyler Tyler Perry are held up as proof of this. But my question tonight is, have things really moved forward? And certainly what we see in the news day after day after day is evidence that the society has not become post-racial, without a doubt. Let's take employment. Black people remain crowded into the lowest rungs of the ladder. Anybody want to argue that point? I don't think so. And black people remain on the lowest ring if they can find work at all. While many of the basic industries that once employed black people have closed down, we see study after study which shows employers to be more likely to hire a white person with a criminal record than a black person without one, and 50% more likely to follow up on a resume with a white-sounding name than an identical resume with a black-sounding name. In New York City, the rate of unemployment for black men is fully 48%. Let's look at health care. Black infants face mortality rates comparable to those in the third world country of Malaysia. And African Americans generally are infected by HIV AIDS at rates that rival those in sub-Saharan Africa. Overall, the disparities in health care are so great that one former U.S. surgeon general recently wrote, If we had eliminated disparities in health in the last century, there would have been 85,000 fewer black deaths overall. And that was written back in 2010. Recently, I read a story. I don't know if you saw it. I read a story of doctors, black doctors in California who are complaining about institutionalized racism in the care of black people in that state, in the hospitals where they work. So we've got to really take a look at whether or not, uh, whether or not, We want to participate in a system that continues this, whether or not we want to take care, to continue to have hope about change in a system that is never going to work for us. On top of all of this, reinforcing all of this is an endlessly spouting sewer of racism. In the media, American popular culture, and politics within this society. Racism that takes deadly aim at the dreams and spirit of every American, every black American child. And who can forget the wave of nooses that sprung up around the country, South and North, in the wake of the 2007 struggle in Gina, Louisiana? Or what is happening to our dear sister, Marissa Alexander, if you will recall last week on this broadcast, we talked with her ex-husband advocate and her sister about her case. We were able to see the evidence that she clearly had a reasonable right to fear for her life. And on Thursday, the Fourth Circuit Court ruled that she would not get a new trial. All this lays beneath the criminal government response to, uh, to, to Hurricane Katrina in 2005, the execution of Troy Davis in 2011, for reasons directly related to the oppression of Black people throughout the history of this country and continuing today, we are disproportionately the ones without the resources to get out of the way of the storm, as Alpha would say on his show, and the doo-doo burgers that get served to us. We're still waiting for our our guest to... Um, to call in, and I'm not sure um if something has happened because she and I have had some conversations all week, and uh, my exec, my producer is trying to to um, contact her uh to find out uh if i'm I'm sure she hasn't forgotten because we had too many discussions about this, and um so I am going to keep trying to um, uh, get in touch with her while we talk this through. My point here and my point in in, in the many discussions that I have had with other activists uh, around the country is even if, and I want to talk to you about this. Even if we were able to change some things, is it wise to continue to support a system which under law continues this kind of oppression? And who would, who would argue? Who would argue? And, and, you know, on this broadcast, we're always shining a light on the past to understand the present. But I think, and I have been saying for a number of years, it is like a house infested with termite where the infestation is so large and so deep that you're going to lose the house. So, why try and um, why try and support a system or to try to fix a system that is so broken that it cannot be fixed? We continue to put band-aids on everything i'll give you a good example and if you'd like to join me in this conversation and point out some things that you've thought about in this regard our number is three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two i'd be happy to talk to you about it i'll give you a good example The, the the civil rights era was supposed to have been a fix and i wonder if it was not a band aid fix, but it's certainly more embedded than any other fixes. And from 1970 until today, there is an effort, a very successful and effective campaign to dismantle or unembed, or disembed, I don't know if that's a word. Disembed, is that a word? Well, anyway, to to remove the advantages gained during that time, so uh, I'm wondering if this system this society, if in fact we can it can be fixed and if it, if in fact our efforts ought to be in making in, in in creating something new. Now a lot of you will say, Oh yeah, but my you know, I know that there are even progressives and so called liberal people out there who are so endeared into their post racial fantasy that they would be less than ambitious to give up one, their privileges and two to believe that it cannot be fixed. The cold truth of the oppression of black people in America has to be squarely confronted and deeply understood if it is ever to be transformed. And I do not think, I am beginning to believe, there is no amount of hope, there is no amount of change that can fix it. And we're talking about people who their situation is still tenuous. uh, uh, I'll give you another stark example. In opposition to the widespread notion of the American dream, where each successive generation does better than the previous one, the majority of the children of middle-class black families have been cast, by the workings of this system onto a downwardly mobile path and every black person no matter how high they rise still faces the insults and dangers concentrated in the all too familiar experience of being stopped for driving while black being stopped for entering your car by black being stopped for wearing a hoodie. As Malcolm X said over 40 years ago, and it's still true today, what do they come call somebody black with a PhD? I ain't scared to say it. A nigger. Does all this look like a post-racial society to you? Thank you for being with us. I'm Janice Graham and this is our common ground and our number is 3478389852 this afternoon on his broadcast alpha of the alpha show tried to as he always does he tried to deal with reality about what's happening in on on the political landscape and, you know, one of the things that I was thinking was, is it going to matter? Is it ever going to matter? You know, last week I was on this broadcast with uh, on the Marissa Alexander case, and I was ranting like a crazy woman there for a minute, and I realized it. You know, we tell our children all these false paths and dead ends. Another example. My granddaughter, and welcome home, Grand Princess Imani. She's home ending her first year of uh, college, and she arrived safely. Um, And uh, it's been a wonderful year for her, honors and all hard work. But we we say, people say we need to get educated, that that's a problem. Yes. Yes. We don't get the resources uh, in the inner city that they get in the suburbs, and, you know, that's the white and black uh, parallel. But if our children would only study harder, we say it. We would do better at turning off the television off, and then they could learn and get ahead. If they get off the corners and go home and pull up the pants and stop showing the boobs and stop wearing the weave, and this mixes up some imp- Important truths with some very wrong conclusions. The truth is, and I can't wait to find Vernalia Randall. The truth is that this system has consistently, consistently denied a good education to black children, and continues to do so today. Brother Brack, you tell me why the media doesn't find it important that the the city of Philadelphia school board is gonna is going to close 41 schools. What does that tell children about education? <clears throat> Today, most African-American children are confined to prison-like inner-city schools, which give get much fewer resources. And I have always been an advocate uh, for unequal funding in public schools, that the worst schools ought to get the most money. Our number is 347838 Nine eight five two. I'm Janice Graham, and you're tuned in to our Common Ground. We're going to go and take a call from eight three two. You're on the air. I respect you. Thank you very much for your call. Hi. I'm sorry. I was uh, I was calling to uh, listen to your guest. I, I thought I could hang on. Um, well, so I, I, <laughs> we're, we're we're waiting for her to join us, but I'm I'll, I can put you right back on hold. Thank you for being with us. We hope that you'll join us every saturday night. We need to have this conversation.
4: We okay, need to have this
3: conversation. Okay, thank you. We, we we folks we really do need to have this conversation. We need to have this conversation every day. We t- tell our kids to um go and stop and turn the television off and they can learn something and get ahead. I don't know a people and I would challenge anyone who thought that they could show me a people who have clawed and clamored and scraped and struggled to use education as the answer. But but let me stop you for a minute. Let's just suppose for a minute every single black child, somehow did get an education that enabled them to think critically and to master the skills involved in different kinds of mental labor. Would millions millions of today's poor then be able to get good jobs and climb out of poverty? That's the question. I hope somebody has the answer or understands whatever the answer is because I would submit, I would submit no. Even if you could somehow eliminate discrimination short of revolution, which in my mind, hope and change out the window cannot be done. So long as the system of capitalism is in effect, people are employed only if some capitalist can make money off their employment. By that standard, there's not a demand for that many technical jobs, and even many of of those jobs are being shifted to parts of the world where people are forced to work for even lower wages. The capitalists know this. So why are we, as a people, kind of running around and saying stuff like Oh, our people are not working hard enough. We need to get more jobs. And 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 more heartbreaking than that is we say, oh, when the when the conservatives and the right wing fundamentalists, uh, I wish Frank Schaefer was with me again here tonight. Uh, we are ashamed to say that we are socialists. We have people on the radio, people on the TV, black people talking about. Oh, yes, Uh, we're multicultural, and and we're we're conservative. I beg your pardon? Conservative is to stand by and allow things to work themselves away. There's no way you can argue that black people are conservatives. We're going to go to 405. You're on the air. I respect you. Thank you very much for your call.
6: Well, hello, uh, Janice. How are you this evening?
3: The dawn. Good, thank you. Where are you calling from? Texas or Oklahoma?
6: <laughs> I'm in Oklahoma now, but <laughs> I have uh, really been having problems with this uh, blog talk, and uh, I've gotten viruses on my computer. So I had to, I got two two different computers. I got a brand new little small computer, mm-hmm. uh, so I'm I'm back into the game. Uh, good how, for you. I'm
3: good. To, I'm glad to hear from you. I was worried about you.
6: hmm And that's 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 what's been happening with me. But with regard to the subject matter, you know, I had a my air conditioning uh, person come by, who's black, and uh, fix my air conditioning in my home. And he was telling me, you know, that. He says, you know, he says, I raised my son in a in a decent home. And I raised him in an environment to where he was really middle class and toward the upper end of the middle class. But he hasn't experienced the mistreatment that uh, my air conditioning person told me. Uh, He hadn't had the experiences. And so as a result of that, there's no fire in that belly, and there's no uh, really uh, anything that that individual, his son, or or many of our children can identify with as really tough times, except for those who are uh, confined in the uh, so-called projects and et cetera. But those of us who have so-called been through this European educational system and who have had some amount of success with the uh, types of jobs that were available to us at the time, were able to give our kids a better uh, lifestyle and uh, a better opportunity at uh, achieving something in this old world uh, under the circumstances that we live, which is white supremacy, uh, you know, so we've been able to do that, but now those jobs and those types of uh uh steady incomes that we used to pull in with good union wages et cetera and et cetera are not here and are not and 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 as a result of that uh the programs that uh used to occupy uh the individuals that were in their lower rung of uh, the economic system here. They're gone, so our children that are not where we are are left to fend for themselves. our homes are are broken uh, uh and our kids are dropping out of school because we have uh, uh we have listened to leadership, which uh used to be our ministers such as uh Dr. King and our militant uh, 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 heroes, I call them, uh, such as Malcolm X and uh, et cetera and et cetera, and Fannie Lou Hamer and people like that. You know, so times have changed, and we have failed to, as a, as a group, to really stay stay together and and to. Uh, uh, try and really those of us who have, have the uh, the money and the finances to really put back into the community and build it to where we would want to stay there and we would uh, want to uh, have a community like we used to have. You know, I lived in a community when I was young to where we had uh, our own businesses and et cetera and professionals, teachers, lawyers, doctors, stores, uh, and what have you. Um, but we were forced to stay together and uh, this this idea of integration uh, you know I want to move next to you master and uh, I want to do this I want to drive cars like you and all of this uh, type of uh, uh, institutionalized um, I would say uh, oh what would, what would I say Janice uh, Anyway, let me put it this way. You know, because I'm really upset, sort of, uh, I don't know, just frustrated with the whole thing. But we have failed to uh, instill in our children, you know, the reality of what it is to live in a society that has marginalized us, denigrated us, and mistreated us to the extent that, uh, you know, people consider us as a negative, uh, non-contributing uh, people, due to this media and due to the elitist, the European uh, thought. So, if everyone did go to school and get an education, uh, they're being given an education by by whom, and for what? Uh, you know, just like I said, our ministers are have these large churches and all of these riches and so on and so forth that hell, I'm not going to support that. And, uh, you know, uh, those of us who, who know what's going on there in that game, uh, we can see what's happening there. We've been sold out. Uh, we've sold out to a system that is not a just system to begin with. Uh, you know, the uh, uh, corporatists are in charge of uh, running things and the elitists.
3: so Don, let me stop you for a let me Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been listening – and you just said that we have sold out. Is the of it. problem, really, that not that we have sold out, but we bought in.
6: Yes, I I I I can agree with that. You know, uh, to me they're interchangeable.
3: <laughs> uh huh. Uh-huh. Because tonight, one of the things, one of the key things that, that 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 we want to talk about are these traps: the religion trap, the education trap. Yes. Stop the violence trap. Uh war on drugs trap. Uh I mean we've got all these traps because the system wants to put its own crap, its own its own fecal matter on us.
6: You're right, Janice. Uh you know, I mean the poison pill has been given and mm-hmm. uh it's been uh you know uh it's been, has infected our 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 uh people mm-hmm. Uh,
0: mm-hmm.
6: i mean just disproportionately and in all those things the religion the drugs the crime the lack of jobs because uh you know we we're not creating jobs for ourselves we're working for someone else
0: mm-hmm.
6: and mm-hmm. uh it's a new paradigm out here now, so yep. uh you know right. uh uh you know so we have to adjust right but can we and are we yep.
3: but you know one of the concerns that i have is that if you keep if you keep eating the food that makes you sick mhm you will eventually die
6: mhm absolutely
3: i got to take another call, Don. I'm loving to hear from you, and you know you and I have been talking about this stuff for years now.
6: That's right. And it's not
3: getting any better, and there's no hope and change. And I am beginning to think that the trap is that they distracted us and said, here is your reward, and don't ask for nothing else. You got your black president. Now move right along.
6: Yeah, and that's what we. And what? Let me just finally say this: we really each one must reach one, and each one must teach one. Uh, it's down to that now. And uh, yep. when well, we do find some of these leaders that's willing uh, to uh, invest back into the community, we need to support those people.
3: Absolutely. And that's all I have. And to I think say right we. Now, I think that we've got to clamor not at this president, not at any black organization. I think we've got to clamor at this nation.
6: Absolutely. Thank you,
3: I Janice. Mean, I, okay, thank you, Don, and you take care.
6: I sure will. Thank you.
3: That was Don from Oklahoma, 585. You're on the air. I respect you. Thank you for your call.
1: How you doing? I'm just tuning in.
3: Oh, good. Thank you for joining us. Where are you joining us from?
7: New uh, New York.
3: Okay, did you want to comment or you just wanted to listen on your listening device?
7: Yeah, I'm just listening here
3: on my, uh, on my phone listening and my Listening device. So.
4: Yeah. Okay,
3: thank you for being with us. We hope you'll join us every Saturday night at 10 p.m. For those of you who are just joining us, you're listening to Our Common Ground, and you can join with our, our listeners in our chat room by coming to blogtalkradio.com backslash OCG. We're waiting and hoping that um, uh, uh, Professor Vanilia Randall, who is scheduled to be our guest tonight, we're hoping that she is okay. I'm Janice Graham, and I'm your host, and we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk some more about these traps. The African-American first, African-American president trap, the religion trap, the education trap, the um can I say it? The Essence magazine trap. The BET trap, the media trap, the the other people talking on the radio trap. I'm Janice Graham. And we'll take your calls at three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two. We'll be listening for you. It's a huge waste and it's a corruption and a distortion. It's like, it's a profound neurosis that nobody examines for what it is. It feels crazy, it is crazy. And it leaves, it has just as much of a deleterious effect on white people and possibly equal as it does black people. This is our common ground. Thank you for being with us tonight.
0: Empty,
2: and, and here's the coolest part about it. NPR leans to the right. NPR lean and you can ask, you know, and when I say NPR leans to the right, I'm simply speaking about who they have on. They have twice as many conservatives on spewing mine excrement than they do liberals with their chicken excrement. So at some point in time, you have to step back and you have to say, where are the jobs? What job have they introduced? The only thing Republicans have introduced is spending cuts that will cost 700,000 jobs. They are clearly trying to shut down our uh, economic growth and our recovery You've got governors All over the country turning down Jobs for speed rail Now yeah. regardless of How you feel about the speed rail You mean the French can do it Japan can do it The Chinese can do it Europe they can do it over there But we can't do it here You know where is this exceptionalism coming from When we are so uh, Mired and ignorant and mired in, 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 in just, just total obstruction.
0: Cling to the
1: best push back quality the alpha show.
0: I want to know why I'm fine one
1: minute and the next. My body aches so bad I can't move. I want to know why my hair is
0: falling out. I'm only 17. I'm tired all the time. Now, this rash. I just want to know what's going on.
3: When you don't have the right answers, it may be time to ask your doctor the right question. Could I have lupus? For answers, for support, for hope, visit couldihavelupus.gov or call 1-800-994-9662. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Office on Women's Health and the Ad Council.
0: It's our common ground.
1: The bottom line is that our president-elect has inherited a system that represents the most oppressive system in terms of justice in the world. And there is a difference between justice and charity. There is a difference between service and advocacy. And we are at a point where we've got to look in the mirror as John Henry Clark said, when we wake up in the morning, mm-hmm. we've got to look in the mirror and decide whose side are we going to be on. Amen. Are we going to be advocates for trickle-down economic prosperity, or are we going to be advocates for our people?
0: Bring old life.
3: Common Ground, and we are here at the top of the hour, 11.02 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, and we are broadcasting from the Our Common Ground studios located in Boston, Massachusetts. Our number three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two. 347-838-9852. You know, I've been doing this like 25 year, over 25 years. Um, I know that I celebrated my 20th anniversary a couple months ago, uh, but I was celebrating this 20 years because it takes you five years to figure out how to do this without getting so caught up in the mire. But when you look in 2012 and you see a society like America that has been through transformative times like the civil rights movement, the black power movement with its extensive opportunity for individual enrichment and its large, prosperous, stable middle class that it could be so resistant to change but we were warned that if revolution ever did come to the USA, it would be in connection with black people. We knew that. I talk a lot about how black people are the only vestige of a moral barometer for this country. And we see it, the reality. There are world historic consequences far beyond anything that you can imagine if we do not shake this system down to its foundations and if we are not to make a revolution if you look at the betrayal the second betrayal the first betrayal of black people was the emancipation proclamation The second betrayal of black people was the aftermath of the 60s. Major transformations went on in the international political um, structure of imperialism during those decades. But it was this country that is mired in the notion that violence solves everything that put down that transformation. It is putting down another transformation and that is the idea that you as we, that black people as as a collective body would believe that it would make in politics in economics and in culture it would It would acquiesce It would make concessions Not in a system um, Such as this Our number is 347 And we'd like to hear from you We're talking about the modern day enslavement of African Americans. Then there was the war on drugs, the gutting of welfare, and the buildup of religion. In, in, in 1969, H.R. Haldeman, Nixon's top assistant, wrote in his diary, if you will recall, all of this came up during his trial, that Nixon emphasized that you have to face the fact that the whole problem is really the black. I'm 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 reading from something verbatim now that I copied down to uh today and yesterday. The key is to devise he wrote, "The key is to devise a system that recognizes this while not appearing to." Thus, and I'm finished quoting him. But thus was born the war on drugs. It was launched by Nixon and um beginning at the time and continuing and intensifying up through today, whenever jobs open up in a major city, people will line up for blocks to even get a chance to apply. How do they make uh, uh, such an argument that black people are lazy? But at the core of the war on drugs is the notion that it is easier. Now, I've never been a drug dealer, but I can't imagine that it's easier to be a drug dealer than to have a job, but it was in defiance of black youth, in defiance of the people who participated in the second real revolution of black that black people uh, perpetuated against this country. During that same period, the bourgeoisie launched a really, really Vicious campaign of demonization and humiliation against black women on welfare, and we fell for the hokey doke, and that was one of the traps. And now we're still mired in 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 that trap. No insult was out of bounds for those racist bullies. By 1996, the the liberal quote unquote Bill Clinton had signed a bill that denied welfare public assistance, federal assistance to millions of people, especially women, and thrust millions of women into the labor market working for bare minimum. That is how a capitalist society does it. And those jobs were often in health care, the very low-paying retail trade, and forcing many into hustles and desperate acts including prostitution in order to survive and feed their children. I don't know how many of you have uh VH one but there's a movie on VH one that I'm hopefully going to uh partake in after this broadcast and the name of the movie is uh Get Rich Dry, uh try get rich quick or and die trying or something like that. I, I saw a little uh vignette of it And I want to see this movie, because it speaks to the very thing that, for some black folks, their beloved black, first black president did. Now, there's another trap. Today, as they did in slavery times, the ruling class builds up the church. As the main institution in the black community, government money that once went to public education and community arts is now channeled through preachers who align themselves with the government and with the Christian fascist movement. I didn't say Christians were fascists, so don't give me an email. I don't want to hear it. Don't call me. I said Christian fascist movements that have been built up by the Bush administration, and we have just fallen into that particular trap. But those of you who are just joining us, this is our common ground, and it seems that um, something has happened. And I'm not sure because I know Vernelia uh, Randall well. If she said she was going to be here, she was going to be here, unless something happened. So we're just filling in some of the ideas. Our Common Ground is about conscious, black conscious ideas and notions about our direction, about our strategies, and using history and information as a way of speaking truth to power and ourselves. That's what we say speaking truth to power, and ourselves. And our number is 347-838-9852, and you can join us in this discussion. You can lend your learned, informed opinions here. So uh, here we have it coming into the Bush administration, using the institutions that as a people we have relied on to show us the resources and the way. Um, Even when more progressive versions of religion may encourage people to resist oppression or or particular aspects of oppression, it still promotes the idea that when all is said and done, people themselves cannot change things by consciously seeking out and coming to an understanding of what their problems are, what is the actual cause of people's situation and where oppression actually comes from. And then begin to wage a determined struggle on the basis of that understanding. But instead, what even the progressive churches do is put things in the hands of God. You know, I had a discussion. Most of you know that I recently lost my mother who, of all things, was a very faithful Christian. But even my mother would say, and she went to her grave, and this was a woman who, for 50 years, did nothing but study the word according to. She would say, there are some things for which god does not get involved in and people might disagree with that but that makes sense to me in the in the context of christian doctrine i have had the opportunity to talk with and have on this broadcast people like reverend james cone um uh reverend butts uh, um Reverend Irene Monroe, Reverend Reverend um Jonathan and I can't remember his name right now, but he was just named the um the uh head of the Harvard Chapel over at the Harvard um School of Theology of Divinity. So I have some some understandings about black Liberation theology In the context of Christianity And you know And I walk away and I say um, um, If we are to Come out of the traps We have to understand What the traps are Am I right Alvo? Am I right Brother Brock? Let me see who's in the chat room Somebody give me And amen. We cannot continue to rely on other people to shed light on our lives. What we have to do is we have to um, begin to look at, as Alpha was talking about on the show, and for those of you who are new to Our Common Ground we sponsor our common ground communications which sponsors this show our common ground with Janice Graham also sponsors truth works network and we have some fine fine uh programming over on TruthWorks, works and i'm going to tell you about some programming changes that that are going to come our way at truth works network but we alpha was talking about you know we got to firmly plant our 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 feet in on the ground, in the reality of where we are, not where we wish to be, not where we used to be, not where um, um, the people at MSNBC or the people at CN, CNN or Fox tell us we are, where we know we are. Because, see, the people at MSNBC, <coughs> excuse me, and the people at NBC and the ABC told us, they're the one that told us that Bill Clinton was on our side. And it leads us to a place where we're always saying, we're always conceding. We're always making the compromise. We're always saying, oh, yeah, but he's the black president, so he doesn't have as much power as the real president. See, that's where that's where the Obama Barack Obama trap falls. We need to be holding him accountable in the same way that we need to hold every elected official accountable. Problem being that we're in the trap and we haven't done what we should be doing. Am I right, India? I know India's India's in uh, India, the India Declare show, uh, which broadcasts on Blog Talk Radio Monday through Friday, 11 to 1 p.m. I know India understands what I'm saying, and I know we're tired. We have you know it's 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 almost like the people's cat next door. If I don't stand on my patio with a broom, that cat will continue to come and pee on my peonies, and in order to stop it. I've got to do one of two things. Stand out there all day and all night with my broom. Or, I've got to get on the internet and use the Google's machine so that I can buy some kind of pesticide or something to keep that cat out of my yard. They have it for deer. I'm sure they have it for cats. So, this is where we are. And um, and I'm asking you to give me a call at 347-838-9852 because at some point we have got to figure out how to get out of these traps. Post-racial, some of my best friends try to talk me into that. i tell you another trap, false paths and dead ends. Why strong families are not the answer. We get told we gotta have strong families. People say, <laughs> "I love," you know. Um, um, I really miss my mother so so much, my dear mother. What a what a huge loss in my life. She would call me on Friday night and she would say, "They said," and I would say, "Mom, who is they?" And she would say, "You know, the people." <laughs> um, and you need to tell the and she would tell me you need to tell the people on your radio show because the people say, okay, so I'm gonna do my mom thing on this false path and dead ends. The people say that the basic reason for the problems of black people has been the breakdown of the black family. Let me ask you a question: Did your family break down? Anybody got broke down family? Because we could make a movie about that, maybe we can call Tyler Perry. And when he gets his studio rebuilt, he'll make a movie called "Broke Back Black Families." Well, I think he he kind of is doing that anyway. And they will say the people say that that's why these kids get into gang life, and that's why they sell drugs. That we have to bring back the traditional families—the first step to solving all these problems. Now, the reality is, and one of the ways to think our way out of this trap, because we're enslaved by all this stuff. We're enslaved thinking that this democratic system is going to somehow evolve into something that will not oppress us and will not exploit us. And I I think speaking truth to power is, and ourselves, is all about telling, giving you, offering you another way of thinking about it. And that way of thinking about it is, it ain't going to happen. The struggle of the 60s spurred among prisoners, okay, (laughs) in the same way that prisoners in our prisons people who went to prison during the neo-slavery period post post emancipation proclamation and at Power Views last week and the week before we were uh presenting slavery by another name by uh the PBS uh documentary and the book by Douglas uh, Blackman who is a wonderful man to talk to um uh so but I digress. When there has been a tremendous breakdown of black families in the last several decades, that too has, it, it, it stemmed from the workings of this system which has cast many black men and women to the margins of society with nearly a million of them in prison. And the economic basis for stable two-parent families has been undercut since the neo-slavery the, the, the neo- uh, era. You could have every black father actively involved in the care of every black child, and the fact would still remain, this system has no future for millions and millions of these young people with or without their fathers present. Let's not fall in the trap. You you remember when Barack Obama first uh, was elected or when he first was the presidential candidate or the nominee or some other kind of whatever he was? And and, and don't get me wrong, folks, especially for the new people. I think that um, Barack Obama... I would hope that Barack Obama would be a model in terms of how he has conducted his life, Um, that he has seen that he alone had to control it. And I hope my grandson... I have two beautiful grandsons, for those of you. I call them Grand Princes, Miles and Mason, and now I'm calling them M1 and M2. And I should hope that both of them would learn some things from the life of Barack Obama. I think he's a beautiful man. I do not think he is going to save us. Um, I do not think that we should expect any president to save us. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, I'm going to do some more talking. Post-racial, please. We had better, all of us, face very squarely what has gone down in these past few decades. The hope and optimism of the 60s, Of the election of uh, Barack Obama that was just you know that was really just rescuing us from George Bush damn founded on the real potential that can be seen when people rise up fight back and begin to seek out a, a radical alternative to this monstrous system was the 60's and the 70's and this hope was turned into despair in the face of decades of repression (laughs) meted out by laws made by Congress and the people in Congress are your paid servants. Look at the, the insurgents of police brutality, laws which protect that brutality, laws which protect, the absolute crumbling of an education process in your community, my community. We've got to point forward. That's what I'm submitting. And, and I was so wanting to have this discussion with uh, Vernalia, uh Randall. And believe me, next week we will. We will do all of this all over. And I I am grateful to have you with me tonight. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. I'm Janice Graham, and you're listening to Our Common Ground. Variety of designs with wonderful, beautiful African fabric and the best of craftsmanship. And the bag—it's surely the bag to look for on your way out. Sisterbags.blogspot.com. Fatira designs sister bags for men as well. So get your brother bag. I'm Janice Graham, and I carry my sister bag. Power Views at TruthWorks Network. The Black Voice Collaborative, radio on the internet and the The best of empowerment broadcasts from across the internet. Power Views. Rebroadcasting the power. Reloading the truth at TruthWorks Network. Each two. I believe in truth. I believe in truth. I believe in truth. I believe in truth. Believe in truth works. Network. Enter the Lion's
0: Den. Enter the Lion's Den with LDX. At Information Band Swagger Talk Radio. At TruthWorks Network. TruthWorks Network. Yeah, when I
7: die, don't show me no Where
5: Bury me deep in this black and gold city. my body line is that i did my best job when i die don't
8: show me no pity. bury me deep in these black and gold cities play two mics on my chest I'm a royal
5: lion that I did my best. I'm a royal you lion, hear me, roar, this is war. I'm a bring my people to the light, this secure. I'm a royal you lion, you hear me, roar, this is war. Knowledge is a shield, your tongue is a sword. The sky is the limit, but we shatter to the floor. I'm a bring my people to the light, this royal secure. lion mob, into the lion,
0: into the lion, into the lion. Into the lion.
3: Enter the line.
0: Lo- it is our common ground. Broadcasting both, free and black, speaking and truth to power and ourselves. In a system of inequality,
4: a system of oppression, a system of marginalization, it is very much as James Baldwin said. And nobody knows my name. He said this. It is only when a man is able, without bitterness or self pity, to surrender a dream he has long cherished, or a privilege he has long possessed. That he is set free, he has set himself free for higher dreams and for greater privileges.
3: Thank you for being with us here at Our Common Ground. I'm seeing messages that there are people on calling in on the board, and I'm not seeing any, any uh, people on my board, and I'm wondering what's happening here uh, that I'm not seeing people uh, on the board. There is something very wrong with the board. So we're going to try to refresh it and see if that happens to help us out. Um, Brother Brock, you know that you are always welcome on this board, and Alpha, I do not see you as well, so uh, there we have it, Um, 610, you're on the air, I respect you, thank you for your call.
7: Okay, you got me now. Hotel uh, Brother Brock over there, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania.
3: Thank you, Brother Brock, for joining us tonight. What's up?
7: Uh, Hello to you and yours and the Blog Talk family. And I guess I can just help add to the discussion this evening.
3: Please do. What are your thoughts?
7: I pretty much agree wholeheartedly that this Racial divide Is permanent I don't want it to be permanent Uh, Do I accept it If it is permanent Uh, I have no choice Do I do Mm -hmm. anything to combat it Or to uh, further its divide I don't do anything to further its divide Do I do anything to Pull it in and bring it, bring togetherness. I'm gonna say yes. Am I comfortable if if they go their way and we go our way? Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. So now who who I, is this? Am name? I talking
7: in
3: circles? <laughs> 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 yeah. you know that? we we laugh, but it's a painful place to be. If you look at the history and who really through. Blood, sweat, and tears built this country. And who made the sacrifices, the sacrifices to try, in an effort to try, to earn our way. I mean, can you imagine people in slavery uh, for 300 years laboring and toiling and building the um economic backbone of the country and I'm not sure if we um, are in tune with how sad it is to have to beg for a place that we earned
7: a beautiful example
3: of that is
7: the Civil War, the uh even before yeah, the Civil War when all the wars for that matter, but definitely uh the first wars when blacks were promised that, you know, if they fought they would get a piece of the rock and they were blatantly lied again. Blatantly lied on. Them. So that that's prime example right
3: there. Yeah, yeah and And you know how you you don't even have to go brother brat block uh to the Civil War, mm-hmm. even if we had left slavery and decided not to participate in the Civil War, not to do any fighting, not that that would have been an option, but you know uh, <coughs> excuse me so much um. But even if we had decided that uh, we're not gonna fight for uh, we we've already made our contribution here y'all y'all go do the right thing even if even if we even if we had decided we will never serve uh this country in military uh we we earned i mean what did We have got to be in tune with how much we gave. You know, we've got to be in tune. The the situation today is really, really dangerous because the hope in our community has turned to despair in the face of just the last uh, 15 years, 15 years of betrayal meted out by politicians that we have to pay taxes for fifteen years of suffering and unforgivable squandering of of human potential without consideration, without respect. Oh. A whole a whole new era. I mean, if you just take the prison industrial complex a whole new era of neo-slavery where a predominantly black prison population is put to work for pennies a day either to turn profits for capitalists or bring down costs for the state. And I hope all of us go out and buy our T-shirt tomorrow. I am a democratic socialist.
7: What T-shirt is this on your website? No. <laughs> I
3: just... Uh, Go have one, (laughs) me. You know how I am, Brother Brock.
7: (laughs) I'd I'd have to order that one, too.
3: (laughs) but, But when we think about it, we have a Congress. We have state legislatures who are making policy with genocidal implications. You know people like yes. the prominent Republican Pat Robertson and fundamentalist Christian fascist who's advocating executing not only people convicted of murder but any people who commit crimes that put a stain on society, a question and a prospect of betrayal on even more horrific scale that's what we yes facing. it is yes, we are man
7: that's true, yes. So, since and, and it's what I'm wondering we're not is in the why game. we
3: continue? Why do we continue? I, I, I know. What are the options, and why do we continue to support or even care about a system?
7: Well, main, I think the main answer I hate to say the main answer, but a big answer because we tried to, and we mean it way before I got here, we tried to put our people in different positions to make change way, way throughout the beginning of politics that we got in there up till now. And each time, there's not enough of us that actually follow through with making that change happen. Yeah. Uh, we, we can blame some of the politicians. Some of the politicians can then blame us for not, you know, voting and not supporting them. So it, it's a, it goes in a circle. And then as that as it goes in a circle, several people benefit from it.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
7: So and now that, instead of that. having ten people mad and fighting, you only have maybe five people mad and fighting. And then out of that five, you lose one or two for whatever other reason, so you literally mm-hmm. only have two people fighting. Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. But we're still... You know we're still in this trap where uh people are not seeing the need and the people who are in the system, and that's the black what, the black caucus and the and the other people and all the people that we elected you know and I love people like keith ellison and and um but and and, and um, Maxine Waters But they're in the system
7: And they're you not high on the totem pole of that system
3: I mean it, it's utter madness You don't have to know anything about anything in politics or any of this stuff To know that there is utter madness going on in this country Yes you know, and I'm not suggesting that revolution is gonna be a simple revival of a movement that happened in the nineteen sixties. I'm not suggesting that at all. I am suggesting that we have to see new horizons. You can't look at the the the, the United States Supreme Court yeah. and believe that it is a system of institutionalized justice. You cannot, you just can't, it won't happen. But, you know, for you and me and Alpha and India, we we recognize we need revolution rather than change. Change ain't going to happen. Barack Obama is what is in their definition change. Uh, oppression, to this system is that poor people don't have a job. I mean, I, I look at the media and the way in which they give time to people to spew right. propaganda and lies. Mhm.
7: Uh-huh. Yep, yeah, that's the teabag media for you. So just.
3: And it's not just the teabag media; it's people who are popping off about. They are liberal, progressive, but they still want to participate in a system that oppresses you and me. Our number is 347-838-9852. You're listening to Our Common Ground, and we're having a discussion with Brother Brock from Philadelphia, PA. Brother Brock, I've been asking all over the Internet about what you have been saying about the 41 public schools that were that are being proposed to close in Philadelphia what's the implication of that for black children
7: Well, it's going to be just as ugly the 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 one so called good side and it's i I don't want to say it is but unfortunately uh, the public school system split their money and started you know maybe a third of the money start going to charter schools And the only reason that did take place maybe starting 15 years ago was because the school systems were failing so miserably that people demanded a change. And with that demand, out came charter schools. problem was charter schools were ciphering off money from the public schools. Mm-hmm.
3: But see, oh, 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 let me stop yeah. you right there and make a yeah. point um, to to our listeners We fell for the hokey-doke right. Let me walk you through for a minute about this charter school thing A few uh, people, so-called leaders in our community Saw the prospect of expanding their churches, expanding their nonprofit organizations by getting money to establish charter schools. They weren't so much interested in reforming and being innovative for education for our children as they were in getting the money. Same thing happened to churches, the faith-based, faith-based programs, federal assistance. So. Um, they supported the notion of the charter schools, and then, um, you know, they were going around telling everybody, "Oh, we're going to have our own schools. We're going to have our own schools," and in order, and they and they said they were going to be better than the public schools, and then they were underfunded. There was no innovation, there was no progressiveness, and it certainly was no focus on on um, having Afro-centered education. Oh, none at all. And yeah, none at all. So they were diverting the funds, and that's how we fell in the charter school trap.
7: And Plus one they of the gave things, that money to... Plus, they gave that money to, um, it was like privatization, the same way the prisons were exactly. privatized. Exactly. And next thing you know, their best buddies start getting all the big contracts to run the uh, charter schools. So, But we
3: fell game. in the trap. Yeah. Rather than, because we felt impotent in demanding an educational system that would work for our children. You hear
5: me? And I like love you I said it, earlier that answer questions. That,
3: that makes me. Does that make me sound cool? You hear me? I heard. I picked that up from <laughs> Cuba uh, Gooding Jr. in some movie.
0: <laughs>
3: but brother Brock, we we have given up. We have given out. I know. I'm feeling given out. I'm I'm feeling so totally. What the hell? You know, on Thursday. Um, Alpha called me because I had been in meetings all day to tell me about the, what happened. Because I had him looking out for me. What happened at the Marissa Alexander hearing in Jacksonville, yeah, Florida? Prime
7: example right there. Prime example. about uh, Why we feel left out?
3: Thank you. We tell we tell our children, go mm-hmm. get educated, get a yep. job, have mm-hmm. a, a buy a house, uh, and, and that's another house the housing trap. All the poor people that went out to buy a house, and all the big banks diverted them to the predatory lenders with this high interest rate. When my mother, when 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 my mother bought her her car, and you know I was in her I wasn't just in her business I, because I was buying her a car, but I told her go buy the car, I'll pay for it, and found out that she had near perfect credit. Because she didn't never use no credit, and they gave her eighteen percent interest rate on the purchase of a car.
7: It was great credit,
3: my my my. Great credit, yep. And that's how they do. And always we getting back,
7: always getting over.
3: Exactly, you know. I'm I'm just, disgu- you know, and I, and I know you and I listen to talk radio all day long, all day long, half the night, yep. and I listen to some of these talk radio shows, our people calling themselves black talk radio with no African consciousness, no Afro-centered focus, just talking about whatever the white radio shows are talking about, but it's just black people talking about it, okay? And I have a great deal of respect for the opinions of people in our community, and that's why I listen to some of these shows. But if you listen to the ads, I mean, I, I call Sirius Radio and I said, look, I'm going to tell you one thing. If you continue, we're trying to fight predatory lenders. We're trying to fight big banks. We're trying to fight the people that are exploiting our people, and you've got the ads on the black talk radio shows.
7: That's what I said before. They spent a billion dollars to, to throw it right back at our face, so it's hard mm-hmm. to fight when you're mm-hmm. hearing it day in and day out, all day. The, the small 2% of our conversation is flooded out by the 98% of theirs.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. Brother Bob, I'm going to hop off the phone. I want to make sure those I people get in. I appreciate your call. You take care of people in, in Philadelphia, PA. Lead the but way worse.
5: You keep holding Thank it down
3: you. <laughs> Yeah, you hold it down Oh, okay That's the thing You hold it down You're listening to And you're tuned in To our common ground At 347 838 I don't want Alpha To think that I'm screening him He is not on this board his, I know his number So he's not on the board And you should call in I've got about Ten more minutes And Um if you'd like to call in and join in this conversation 347-838-9852, we'd uh love to have you. Um and for new listeners and for people who have joined us uh because of the broadcast because of our guests uh tonight, uh please know that uh I am going to uh re uh broadcast uh with um if she's available for next Saturday, uh, because I think this is this is a very important um, discussion to have, and I think she is the person to have it with. Our number, 347-838-9852. We've got a few minutes to take more calls if you'd like to join us. Uh, 773, you're on the air. I respect you. Well, good evening, Dennis. Well, good evening, Alpha, and thank you. You are doing some great production work. Alpha has been in the background trying to find Doctor Randall, our uh, Professor Randall, for us. What's up?
2: Dennis, I've been listening to you.
3: I've been and running my mouth tonight, haven't I?
2: Yeah, but Dennis, I don't, I don't want to start no stuff.
3: Come on, start the stuff. Come, I'm say, come and have at it, as I'm some say. people say. All
2: of the things that you have uh, pointed out, all of the um, traps, as you called them, these weren't just traps set. You know, we jumped up and down, yelled and screamed, protested, marched, walked in the streets for uh, to desegregate. Once they once they've uh, allowed us to desegregate. They only allowed us to desegregate once they had a plan to nullify that desegregation. And now that we got the right to vote, they only gave us the right to vote when they had an opportunity to nullify with the um, poll tax and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, They only gave us our rights when uh, the Civil Rights Act, when they had a plan to nullify. And this is what we've seen. We've called them traps now. They are well-plotted, well-executed uh, plots and schemes. And this is why I look at organizations like Black Agenda Report. Now in the last three years since this president, now this president is supposed to fight all of the ills of the last 150 years. And you're supposed, oh, he's not, his wife won't denounce Walmart after of this. He's not going to help people without homes. You have patently laid out the plan that gives this president a pass. They propagate us into post-racial.
3: But let me me ask you a question, and we are a sponsor uh, and supporter of the Black Gender Report. Uh, I have a great deal of respect for Bruce Dixon and Glenn Ford and... um, Nellie um I wanna call her Nellie Robinson, but it's not her name is not Nellie Robinson. You oh. should have called in earlier. I only got five more minutes. But I do want to yeah. say this to you. I do want to say this to you. That all of the challenging that um the black agenda report does about this administration, I think it's proper. Now I know it is upsetting to you, but somebody has got to ring the bell of accountability. The other question I want to ask you, Alpha, and you're not going to have time to answer it, and you're going to be mad at me and be calling up my house and asking for my husband and all kinds of stuff uh, and trying to steal my grandchildren, and you got 99 grandchildren, but you want to steal mine too, But uh, is how is it going to make a difference? In the second and, – and, and I hear you about the reality thing that, damn, I don't want to wake up and Mitt Romney – I woke up one morning and Mitt Romney was the damn governor of Massachusetts. I do not want to wake up and Mitt Romney is the damn president of the United States. Okay? Let's be clear about that. But the other is that we have got to be of a mindset that accountability applies to Barack Obama in the same way it applied to George Bush. It applies to Bill Clinton. And I will tell you that most of you didn't even start reading the Black Agenda Report until Barack Obama was the president. So you got to go back in and and look at what the Black Agenda Report was doing 10 years ago. Same
2: thing. They ain't doing nothing different. Why would we do that? You see, the Black Agenda Report, you're right. Its relevancy only came up when Barack Obama came into the White House because then that's when they got more vocal than any other time that I can remember.
3: No, that's not true.
2: Okay. So why is it now that, just now that I've, you know, I haven't been politically active, you know, as I am now, and I understand that. But when you, like you say, your nightmare was you woke up and Mitt Romney was was governor of Massachusetts. What will the nightmare Absolutely. be when we wake up and Mitt Romney is the president?
3: But but, but my question is this: What's going to happen when we wake up and Barack Obama is the president? And we need to ask that question. You see. Alpha, you know I got to go. I love you. And we'll continue this conversation next week on the Alpha Show on Saturday at 3 p.m. And this is the announcement. Alpha is going to be moving on May 19th to Friday night at 10 p.m. on TruthWorks Network. Thank you, Alpho. I got to go, and thanks for helping me out tonight. Uh, we're going to repeat this next week, folks. We hope that you will join us. This is Our Common Ground, and I'm Janice Graham. And as they say, I love you. I love you madly. You've been tuned to Our Common Ground. I'm Janice Graham. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. And don't forget, here, Our Common Ground, each Saturday, 10 p.m., speaking truth to power and ourselves, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time.